I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health. And I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast. So please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media. Um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email, just type in support at manoninverclyde.com. Our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host today. Um, on behalf of everyone at the Gallant View, we're deeply saddened by the news that Her Majesty Queen has passed away. And I want to express the deep condolences from all of us from the podcast, King Charles and the Royal Family and all the Queen's loved ones. such a difficult time for the Royal Family and for the country. Um, this is the first... First recording we're doing uh, since that day. We cancelled the live stream on the day, and uh, but it would be remiss of us to not spend a, a bit of time talking about Britain's longest serving monarch. Uh, I'm joined by Mason Stewart, David Tomlinson, and from SM Media, uh, Scott McPike. Um, Mason, I'll come to you first. Um, also, you're in the heart of it down in London. Um, really terrible news. Yeah, really sad. As you said, the, the longest reigning, um, you know, in the UK, 70 years is just it's mad, isn't it? It's like it just becomes the norm. Um, it's a really, really sad news. And yeah, as you said, Colin, their thoughts with, um, you know, the family and the royal, fam- uh, royal family and, um, you know, everyone involved is, is a sad, sad, sad day. Absolutely. Scott, um, I know um, up and down the country, this isn't unique to Scotland. Um, there is mixed political views um, in, in the country and has been for some time, but I don't think you can deny that spent devoting 70 years of your life to a role. Um, it's, it really is sad news for them. Um, generally, came across as a very humbling personality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, 
been speaking about it the past couple of couple of hours to like my friends and family and things like that. It's just she's been part of our lives for every single one of us. Like with with Disney Mari, as you said there about political views and you see there's there's mixed feelings and I just totally I think in this situation I think if you've nothing nice to say, just don't say anything. Just I don't care if you've got allegiances or whatever. Just keep your mouth shut and just say nothing in my opinion if you've nothing nice to say. But when you think about obviously like loss and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how it's somebody's a member of somebody's family in my opinion you just it's you mark it with respect and i think you you said there about the service 70 years of service a remarkable woman a remarkably supposed to love them for a remarkably a workaholic i think she devoted her life to the country and the service and it's just a it's really sad as it's really sad and i think obviously the smallman when we were hearing the, the news that you know our family were heading towards Bomorrow, I think we all knew there was something like this was probably going to happen. So yeah, it's just a it's very sad, very sad and as I'll echo your sentiments, condolences to the Royal Family. Absolutely. And you, you made a really good point there that um all of us have known Queen Elizabeth to be the reigning monarch for a lifetime and Seventy years is a huge amount, of, uh, a huge amount of time to be serving in that role. And uh, I put out earlier that she has generally led the country through some of the most turbulent times we've had in the last um, in the last hundred years. And you know, like I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's virtue signaling to say it has been generally inspiring. And then, particularly for me during the pandemic, how she conducted herself um, in such a privileged position, position of power, but how she conducted herself. And I think that was really testament throughout her, throughout her reign. Um, David, I'll, I'll come to you. Also, you spent most of your most of your adult life away from the, the UK. Um, uh, but for what I gather, she's, she's, she is very well respected throughout the continent and throughout Europe. She, she's very, very popular. The, the fact that Germany don't have a king themselves or a queen themselves, they're, they're really into everybody else's uh, king and queen. So she, if there was anything on television, they followed her everywhere. The the, the, the Dutch obviously have got a big connection. The the, the Dutch king and, the, and the, the royal family, British royal family, have got good connections with each other. So, I mean... I'm watching Dutch television uh, today, and and it's it's just been on all day. It's just uh, um, even all the the the, the talk programs tonight. They're all going to be about the Queen, so it's uh, it's it's, it's part of everybody's life. I mean, if you t- if you even go to Africa and these these kind of places, are the she's she's got a big influence over there as well. So the whole Commonwealth. So no, she's really a big loss for everybody, and. There'll probably be people that are, that, that are cheering just now, but um, as Scott says, just leave it today. Let us let everybody settle down and work get get, get us to to know how to to handle this because it's it's, it's a big loss for everybody. It really is, um, and generally it's. Well over seventy years since the country's had to handle this um, type of situation, um, so it's there is there is no easy way to move on to um, other topics when you're you're speaking to, about something you know, so, so so humbling and so um, something that brings you down to earth so much. Um, so it's definitely kind of move on to some is turbulent football, and we aren't really going to talk about upcoming fixtures or stuff uh, because, but it's still in the stage of uncertainty, waiting for the announcements on what will what will happen there. Uh, so we will look back over the last few days for Rangers, but um, Mason, I'll come to you first. I think everything is going to be taken with a different perspective on it um, because nothing is really. Um, nothing really is that important when you're speaking about life and death. Um, so I think that leads us, that, that'll maybe lead us on to the kind of reactions we've seen over the last couple of days after the, the Ajax defeat. Um, I'll ask you first of all, was it expected, the result in Ajax? Um, if it wasn't, should it have been? Look, I didn't expect us to go out there and, and win the game. I think that's that's fair fair to say. I think um, you know most of us expected us 
to probably come on, you know, I think we're best with, with a point. But I, I expected to see a reaction, um, one from one from Saturday. Um, and, and I think we, it wasn't anything uh, like that at all. At all. But I, I know Ajax are a good side. You know, that, that's, that's clear. They're, they're a good side. They're able to go and spend money that we can only dream of. But we've, you know, we've beat teams last season that, that spent that kind of money and, we, you know, we went we went toe to toe with with some top teams last season, but we showed a we showed a bit of you know uh, fight and spirit and, and belief. Belief, the biggest one for me. Um, watching that first half yesterday, it was it, it was at times you was kind of you know I was like we're just you know making easy five ten yard passes. You're like you know it was a struggle to to do that. Um, no, I mean they're, they're saying seriously wrong uh, at the minute with, with us. I think that that is that is clear. I think. The performances and just we looked two yards off it, not even a yard off it. We looked miles behind it, and in the end, it, it, Ajax, you know, come out second half, and you know they took the foot right off the gas. Um, so, uh, but you know, in terms of team, the way we, we started, I think I think we spoke about it, uh, the you know, before before the game, and, and sort of said what what can we do, what can we change. We're getting a stage now. Where I'm looking at the the squad, and I'm actually thinking, what can Gio do here, except from maybe bringing a couple of youngsters. Um, to freshen it up because you know Scott Wright gets a start in the Champions League. That that's where we're at at the minute, and it's it's disappointing. And um, you know, I, I said I expected big reaction. I, I expect an even bigger one um, for when we get back playing now. And it's yeah, it's really disappointing. That's that's the thing, Mason. Um, I think if you look at it with a sense of realism, you need you need to call out that you can't just change eleven players for the next game. So the eleven that started, we we can't just put in Adam Devine or Alice Lowry or you know, but it's Zach Lovelace just because we're in a bad mood. That's you need to be realistic. No, it's, 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 like Twitter's been uh, and and you know the forums have been absolutely mental the last the last couple of days in, in in you know saying play all the youngsters and you know it's just it is totally unrealistic. The only way we're going to get out of this is. Now, Gio does need to make some changes, and I think his tactics probably being the, the biggest one. Um, but yeah, to just to completely throw in in all youngsters is just you know mad football manager uh, shout really. Um, you know, especially youngsters thrown into this you know this type of type of environment. Where for me, you know, whenever we get back to domestic action, you know, it, you know we don't know when that will be, but Petodri, it's a must-win game for Gio. So um, yeah, and I think I think that's a fair comment because I think a lot of the support have, have turned already. Yeah, and I think yeah, there's there's probably a lot of discussion that we need to have around Van Bronckhorst. Um, uh, maybe how he started the season and the supporters' reaction to him. But sticking with the players, Scott um, Mason touched on fight, desire, belief. The kind of non tangibles we look for in football. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that the Rangers side haven't had the same amount of desire or belief, or they've not portrayed it anyway on the pitch since this season. And it's, I'm kind of seeing it as similar to the post 55 hangover when we started last season, just very devoid of confidence and almost complacency kept in it. Is this the same thing that's happening post Europa League final? I think there's merit to that. I think there's also merit to the what Mason brought up a good point there about determination. I think there's a big issue here. I I think this Rangers team and I've I think this Rangers team are very lucky to still be as be together. I think any old I think Van Bronckhorst, I'm surprised there wasn't a I, I was speaking about it last season. I think that this team's reached their peak. They've won the league. You can argue we'll maybe touch on this later, but I've been of the belief the past couple of days that this team have feel as if it's job done, they've won their title, that's it. They don't need to do anything else. I don't know if I'm maybe over overreacting to that, but that's certainly what it looks like. You go one 0 down early on in Saturday against Celtic. Everybody was speaking everywhere I listened, that is what you avoid. You don't make that mistake. Rangers win one 0 down on Saturday and admitted defeat to themselves. They didn't have the belief that they could pull it back, and we saw the same thing on Wednesday. We saw the exact same thing. Lost another goal, and we gave me a guy, I actually, I actually a great side, really good side, the way. I think there'll be three, I think Liverpool will come good in the group, but I think Ajax, Napoli and Liverpool will probably be fighting for the top three, based on Wednesday's performance. But, 
that Rangers team had at 1-0. They didn't have the they didn't have the answer themselves for what was to go out and they didn't have that last season. They, they had that last season. They turned over deficits. They went to Borussia Dortmund and completely outplayed them. Whereas that Rangers team is the same. It's mostly the same players, with the exception of what Bassi and Aribo. To a degree, same, roughly yeah. same. So what's what's changed now? You can obviously say as a manager, I think there's maybe something in that. I don't think there's. I don't think it's the full problem because I think that happens under Pep Guardiola. I think that the team of I think that team are shot, and I think it's the a problem that's been allowed to fester for for a good couple of years. The issue Rangers have got now is is that you look at that bench. Who have they got? Who who do you bring in? Who do you bring in on Saturday if the game goes ahead? Now, we don't, obviously don't know that, but if James Tavernier was in, went off injured, we then heard from Van Bronckhorst that James Tavernier's been injured for a few weeks. If James Tavernier's been injured for a few weeks, then why is he still playing? If you know he's injured, you're putting him at serious risk playing him. Why do you send out the boys Zikowski and Mona? The boys Zikowski might not have led to anything. I'm not saying he's going to be James Tavernier, but why has he been allowed to leave in loan? Why is Adam Devine not on at half-time? Why do you bring on Leon King? You obviously don't trust Devine. So why have you not went a right-back? Why have you let Patterson go? So Patterson for good money, but you know as well as I do. You know as well as I do. Celtic have got two for every position. Celtic could be 3-0 on Tuesday night, but the one thing you can't argue is that Celtic team believed. Believed themselves they could maybe get something. They obviously didn't. They lost... They were kind of ripped apart in the second half, but they had the belief. Their manager was out saying, "He's, we've got the belief. What's the point in being there if you don't have, if you, you're not going to give it a go?" And Van Bronckhorst comments on Wednesday about the that he needs millions to compete, and I think that's maintaining a context. I think he's meant that just as a bit of tongue in cheek, but that's not the time for that. You can't then you can't get to a Europa League final then say, "Right, wait a minute, we need we need hundreds of millions to compete." To beat that next level, what do you want? Do you want to just be happy to be in the Champions League and take four 0 defeats? Because David Mason, Colin, Rangers won the Euro- Rangers won the Champions League in the nineties, and that those gubbins were happening four 0 at Juventus home and away, four 0 at Ajax. Walter Smith didn't that that didn't fit well. That that wasn't the you're in the Champions League to compete. You're not in for drubbins, and Walter Smith learned that lesson in the nineties. And it's going to be the same here if Van Bronckhorst he's got a lot, he's got a big job in the next couple of weeks to get this team firing because it, it does, the buck does stop with the manager. Now I seriously question the, the mentality of some of these players, but the manager has to carry the can, unfortunately. And it's a shame because I think he's earned, he's earned enough time in his Europa League run. And But domestically it's, he's, he's won a cup, yeah, but league-wise he was four points clear when he took over and was four points behind at the end of the season. That's not good reflection and you're four points behind and it's not even the 9th of September. So, again, there's an eight-point swing to Celtic in the space of, what, under a year? That isn't good. That isn't good. And it's, as people say, you're three games away from a crisis. If Van Brunkhorst loses to Aberdeen, he's in real trouble. He is. And I've... uh... I put up the post-match reaction last night um, and I did say it was an unpopular opinion um, after the game that I don't think it's time to be talking about getting rid of Van Bronckhorst but I think it is fair to say he is under pressure you'd, you'd be mental to say that otherwise um, to well, one bad pass away from a crisis at Rangers at times never mind two defeats on the trot um, in the manner um, Davey I think touching on the the comments uh, that Scott mentioned there about you need two hundred million to compete. I do have a air of sympathy for him, Don Cross, because I think regard there's nothing that he could have said that wasn't going to be taken and um, <coughs> just with him as a support um, on the night. I think we've got to bounce on him anyway as a support. Um, I think we, we spoke about. It. Last week as as well about the accountability of the board versus the responsibility of the manager now. So I, I do think the board have to be take a bit of accountability how we've left the squad. Scott's made some really good points here about we, we've already Nathan Patterson and we've not had a feasible 
backup choice for James Tavernier now. So if Adam Devine's not ready, don't get ready as a couch off. If if we do, we get somebody in. It's just it's basic. Now we're we're risking one of our most uh, important players um, playing through injury. So I think that is a conversation for the board. But in terms of the here and now, um, I did say on Sunday that we can't sign anybody until January. Now that is what it is. Doesn't make it right. It is what it is. So the responsibility is in Giovanni van Bronckhorst. I still think I've seen enough snippets where I think he he'll be able to maybe change things around with a Rangers team, but it does have to harm very quickly. Um, immediately in the next game is now at the point where the next uh, league game we play three points isn't enough has to be three points under performance how confident are you that we can we can start to turn it around well I'm not as confident as you are in Gianni Van Bronckhorst um, just look at you don't, I mean you don't need to look at the result last night or the result in last Saturday all you need to do is look at the brand of football we're playing it's absolutely boring the pants off. People are paying £600 to watch the back four, pass the ball from side to side, and now and again, put a pass forward. The, the brand of football is just absolutely shocking. I mean, look at the, look at the way Celtic are playing, getting the ball forward as quick as they can. They, they put one in Real Madrid under a lot of pressure in that first half, and if, if they had a bit of luck, they, they could have had a couple of goals in front in the first half. But And then we, we come out Listen, you, I'll go with the Ajax are a good team, but I'm I'm not so so uh, building them up so high as you as you are at this moment because PSV beat them about four weeks ago. They, they struggled to beat the go ahead Eagles. It was one one each until um, the player gets sent off for the go ahead Eagles, and I'm, I'm, they're a good team, okay, but they've just lost they've just lost two of their best players. So everything was new for them. You say mix up form and quality, but David, I think aye, they may be off form, but I don't think you can deny that they are a level above what Rangers are. Colin, see, see if you stand and give players any player, professional players at, at that level, five yards of room, and what they, you don't you don't charge them, don't go to them till they've received the ball. Listen, I, I I could have shown them up the last night. If you give me five yards of room, and I've not played football for about twenty years, if you give me five yards of room, I'll I'll, I'll pass the ball to another another Ajax player. It, it, it's just I, I don't know what happened. And then oh, you want to change, try and change things. So what do you do? Put five at the back. What? I've never heard of that in my life. You want to try and get goals back? You want to try and make it four two? No, no. Um, come, oh, we'll just we'll stop them scoring anymore. No, come out and try and get two goals back. That's the way. That's that's the way a Rangers manager should be thinking. He shouldn't be thinking. Oh, we'll give up now. Here, here's a, here's a, the white flag. No, sorry. And I'm for for me. Um, the quicker Van Bronckers goes, and just not for the results over the last few weeks for the brand of football that he's shown. Because you guys are paying five six hundred pound a year to watch. The, the, and it wasn't just the Rangers he's doing this. He'd done the exact same at Feyenoord because the Feyenoord supporters are still talking about the horseshoe passing. And if, if you're quite happy with your £600 to watch that every week, then... Hmm. David, that's an interesting point. I'm sorry for putting in, but when Van Brock was appointed, we had a Feyenoord fan on our podcast and... I asked him, the first thing I asked him, I says, how's... Because I'm a, an avid follower of Dutch football, so I was eager to know how Van Bronckhorst's style would work because he left Feyenoord and I thought, right, he's leaving. Because you know as well as I do, Feyenoord playing Ajax and PSV is massive. That result, that would probably result in a bigger job. But he went to China. So I was like, what, what's going on? What, why is he not loved in Feyenoord? And the Feyenoord fan basically said, he said, like, Van Bronckhorst's style of play is very conservative, so he'll play... A, a solid back four, two holding midfielders, and he's kind of he's number nine, and he's number nine will be very a fault, not a false nine, but kind of Morelos, similar to Morelos in the way that he'll come back for the ball. He won't, it won't be that typical striker in the box. And I was thinking that might work in Europe, but domestically, I'm not so sure. So when he, when obviously he came in, 
when the two he's kind of two holding midfielders at the time before Celtic were kind of Kamara and Arfield. And I thought, right, okay, that's I'm maybe hearing something opposite. Maybe he's got the because he's been in Scotland. He knows how it works. He knows that you're going to get a lot of the ball. He knows you're going to have to build build from the back, shall we say? But after that, I was kind of thinking, right, he's playing Jack and Lundstrom and kind of Jack and Lundstrom away to St Mirren, and he's playing Jack and Lundstrom away to Livingston. He just knows as well as I do. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And I'm not going to come out here and completely say that his system isn't going to work. But this, the whole MO of this Rangers team is to play it safe, neat and tidy, play it backwards. Don't, you see, and use, use to follow football as well. You saw, you, you just brought up their Celtic against Real Madrid. Celtic are getting the ball forward. The, the first thought is get the ball and get it forward. Sharp, quick attacking football. And I have not seen this from this Rangers side, particularly domestically. And even in even in uh, Wednesday night, you're three 0 down at half time, and you're playing the ball. You're just playing neat and tidy passes in the back line. Get the ball forward. You never know, as you say. And this seventy yard diagonal pass that Goldson seems to play twenty times a game. Somebody, need, and this is where I've got the issue: is there a proper tactician coach there? Because that is not that doesn't work. I have not seen it work more than three times in a game. You're playing that 70-yard diagonal pass just in the hope that it works out. Now, occasionally, it, it worked. The only time I've seen it work properly was Abibo when he played, when he pinged it to Abibo against Hearts. I don't... It's it's kind of lack of ideas, and I'm not... I'm not for managers losing their job, especially in the early September, but you live and die by results, and if you're not... This Rangers team have got a, a weird thing of just... Play it neat and tidy at the back, and hopefully you just pass a team down. And I just don't agree with it. I think in, I think in Europe it works. I think if you're going to, I think if you're going to do it, you need to you need to switch on. You need to be if you're going to be defensive, you need to be switched on. Walter Smith, I brought Walter Smith up again. Walter Smith took a really mediocre Rangers team to a UEFA Cup final. One thing they were was con- they concentrated in what their job. They were defensive, but by God, they they knew they had to be switched on ninety minutes of the game. This Rangers team arm, and again the first goal, really poor goal, switched off a set piece. How many times have we seen that? Again, just the same mistakes, and it's just it's it's just not learning. It's just bad. I'm, I'm it's see, bad. On you go, David. See, see, see if you see Goldson at that goal. Now I know Tavernier got in his road as well, but his head at the end up was down at hip height. I mean, I see he's your main centre half. He's got to be up there fighting for that ball, and his his head's done it, done done it. The guy, the player in front of him was bum. What the? I mean, what is that? And it was the exact same, exact same with the goals a couple of weeks ago. Exact same. But that leads to an interesting point. This is the point I'm I'm kind of keen to make. Is Giovanni van Bronckhorst in the summer going right? We desperately need to keep Connor Goldson for four years. That yeah. to me is the big question. That to me is the question I'm keen to ask. I'm like, I've not. You need to refresh. You either need to refresh the squad, or you need to stick by your guns. Giovanni van Bronckhorst to me does not. I'm, I'm not convinced that Giovanni van Bronckhorst is saying to Ross Wilson, whatever you do, keep Connor Goldson, keep Alan McGregor for another season, keep Stephen Davis. Now Stephen Davis, Alan McGregor, legends for Rangers, legendary Rangers players will go down as Rangers immortals. But really. You're telling me Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in his first summer doesn't want to freshen that squad up? That's a, a really good point, Scott. And there's a lot of really good points there made. Um, and Mason, I'll bring you in and, and one of them. I do want to talk about the difference between Van Bronckhorst last year and this year. But just in the point Scott's just made there um, about the recruitment. I sent in that uh, screenshot today in the group chat about over the last five windows, how many players have that we've brought in have started more than 50% of the games and there's not a lot in the recruitment. And this isn't a new thing that we're seeing. This isn't just the the, the September blues. Um, once everything's not worked out, we've been saying this for a long time in the pod. The recruitment's not been right. Recruitment? Uh, sorry, Ben, Colin, sorry. On you go. No, I was just <laughs> talking to him about the recruitment because I we, think... We could, be, we could be uh, all night talking about recruitment, couldn't we? We could be here till till yeah, till tomorrow morning. It's been it's the I said it last week, it's the most important, you know, thing at, at any football club 
Um, and yeah, that that what you put in the group today, the the amount you know of games that I think it's twenty four players he signed, and I think seven of them have uh, 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 kind of played more than half the games. Um, but the biggest one, the biggest one for me is how long we've needed, and I think I've said this a million times, but how long we've needed a right winger for. And we go into the Champions League with Scott Wright at right wing. That for me, and, and again, it sounds like I'm digging out Scott Wright. I just, I just, he's not good enough for Rangers. He's an Aberdeen player, and that's I, it. I think we should call out Scott Wright's kind of similar when we had Jason Holt. Like Jason Holt was good for a time, but when we needed a better caliber of player, Jason Holt can they step up to that. And a lot of fans jumped in Jason Holt, but we, we kind of get, it's the same with Scott Wright. He has a, a role to play in the club. That role is now at Ajax. Absolutely, you're spot on. It's 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 that simple. It's you know, and, and then it got, it comes back to uh, Scott made a really good point about uh, Golton signing for four years. Now, we weren't we led to believe that that, Gol- uh, that Gio wanted uh, Dutch centre half Doeki? Is it Doeki? Yeah, that, Dickie, that was yeah. yeah, that was the one that. that Gio yeah, that wanted. was the result, to be fair, but which leads me to another point. But you will miss. But yeah, it's you know that that to me a Dutch ma- we've got a Dutch manager, we've got a Dutch backroom staff, we've not signed one player from Holland. So I'm kind of looking at it going, who's making the, the transfers here? Who, Ross Wilson getting lower l- players from, from England. Like, I'm not being funny. Van Bronckhorst don't know nothing about Tom Lawrence. You know, that, that, and, and that's actually been one of the good ones. But Ben Davis at uh, Liverpool, I don't believe that Gio is looking at that, at that market. I think that's all Ross Wilson. We keep signing, signing players from Belgium, Matondo. I think a big issue, and, and Gio will get the, the, get the can for it, but Ross Wilson is, is a bigger problem. Scott, we got to come in there. I think there's, I've seen all the Ross Wilson stuff, and I think there's, I think it goes beyond Ross Wilson. And we, the director of football model works, it does, but the problem is if your director of football and your manager are not 50 50 in it, it, there's a problem. And you hear obviously stories when Gerard left that he wasn't happy with recruitment and you hear stories about that he was trying to sign Joey Veerman. I've heard that was true. I've heard Joey Veerman was. Gerard was desperate to sign him, but the board wouldn't add the extra money. I think it was the same with the, the Danish winger, the guy, I think he's at Club Bruce now. Scott uh, Olsen, Scott Olsen. Scott Olsen, Scott Olsen, yeah, I think that was the same. <laughs> the problem is, is that, as David rightly pointed out, the board are charging, what, £600 for season tickets, £150 on average for Champions League packages, and then there's no money for players. Now, when you... The one argument I've seen made about the board, and I've seen the usual suspects defending them, is the when injuries... When, when the squad's fully fit, there's a decent squad. Now, that, I think that's true. I think there's Haji, Hollander, Suter, Davies, Roof. They're all... Decent players are all, I think, they'll be important on Wednesday night. The problem is, though, that, is that Roof's been injured for how long? Three months. Hollander's been injured. I think Hollander's been injured since this time last year. We've known that these players have been injured for a while. You can't then say, "Oh, we can't, we can't sign them because we've got other players in. We've got other players in that are injured." Is that not what the loan market's for? Can you not bring in players in loan until January? Now, I want to just, I want to go on a bit of a tangent here because I've got that listed. I've got another wee list. Listen, these are the players that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has brought in since he's been here. I'm going to ask you, just if you don't, if you don't mind, Colin, I'm going to get round all of you and ask how many do you think here are Giovanni Van Bronckhorst targets, the ones that he's went, I want him. He's one of, he's the first one in my head. Matthias Zakowski, Ahmad Diallo, Aaron Ramsey, John Suter, Antonio Cholak, Malik Tillman. Tom Lawrence, Rabbi Matondo, James Sands, uh, Red Van Yelmaz, and I'm missing one. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ben Davis. Colin, how many of the players do you think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has singled out himself? I think potentially three, and I'd go with maybe Tillman. I think Sands is definitely uh, a Van Bronckhorst signing, and in fact, no, maybe two. I think I'm maybe stretching with the other ones. Maybe Cholak. don't know about Cholak. Two, I'll go for two. Uh, I think I can hand and heart say. Do you guys agree? Sorry, I'm taking over your show, Colin, but I just... That's an interesting point. This is brilliant, by the way. That's um, Mason, you want to go next? I reckon, I reckon three. I reckon uh, Sands, Tillman and uh, Rivdan. I think Rivdan's too, too left field to be Ross Wilson. But um, but to Tillman, because of Maclay, the Bayern Munich connection, I'm kind of seeing that one. And uh, Sands, because the Rainer is the... Um, uh, Rainer's the director of football at that club, isn't he? So yeah, I agree. But Cholak, Cholak, I don't think is Ross Wilson because he likes to sign a player that's played against us. So that was definitely Ross Wilson, that one. David, get yourself off mute. I think um, the Tillman is probably from the Ajax, uh, the, the, the guy that was at the Ajax youth uh, trainer. I think he probably he probably known about youth players by Bayern Munich because I actually in Bayern Munich we've, we've sort of exchanged uh, thoughts quite a lot. So I think he, he probably knows Tillman from that. So I think probably that. Um, um, but see, I, I just wonder if they do due, due diligence in, that, in this because uh, they, all these injured players, first of all, but all you had to do was look in a Schalke um, website and they were women jumping at joy that, that Matondo was leaving, that he, he was getting, uh, they were getting money for him. And, I, I mean, it, it, I think, uh, well, I don't know who it was that said they've been chasing Matondo uh, ever since his Manchester City days. Yeah. I mean, well, they must know that <laughs> what he's uh, what he's capable of. And I've just not, not, not seen anything, anything that's going to say, Oh, he's going to be brilliant. Maybe the first game against West Ham. He's sort of a... But, I mean, the boys in our youth department, I mean, you're, you're saying don't bring in youth. The one player I would bring in is McCann because I think our midfield is absolutely shocking. Uh, you've well, got, I'm not saying don't bring in youth. I'm just saying don't start 11, 11 of them. Probably yeah, got, the problem you've got with the youth thing is, is if, if you bring four or five youth players in to uh, when the People are baying for blood, which is probably where we're at, where we're at in terms of anger. I mean, you've lost eight goals in four days. It's not exactly kind of everybody's not jumping for joy. But if you bring in four or five youth players and none of them deliver, they'll immediately just be yeah. cast to the side. That'll be it. Like no, they're not good enough. And that's that's been a Rangers problem for so long. And that's Rangers fans are Rangers fans are really quick to just. I mean, I remember last season, right? But the thing is, with McCann and Lowry, uh, they've, they've both showed that they yeah. can play at that level. So, I mean, why why let them uh, come up, play well, and then stick them back down the B team just because they're only allowed to play five games or something like that, but, and then they're not allowed to play for the B team anymore? So, so I mean, it's, 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 I just don't get it. To be fair, what, what's the benefit of bringing Charlie McCann on um, and, and Wednesday night? I don't see the benefit. Um, I think Charlie McCann should be in the team. I think, I think I the way he's So, if you just let's come in, I think there is a place for him in the team. Uh, but I think it's back to that. We, player, you, young players can very easily be thrown into, a, into the wrong environment to learn. And no, everybody, it's not like the 90s, no, everybody's got to be a Barry Ferguson and will be able to come through <laughs> and just be an absolute outlier. Charlie McCann's good. He's not the next Barry Ferguson, so I think we do need to be cautious with it. Um, I think Leon kind of a bit different. He came on, replaced an injured player. Um, but if it's the case that uh, Wednesday night was gone, I, I, 
know, so that, a is that no, is that no the time? Is that no the time to bring in players? See if you're you're yeah. gone at three nothing. It's the time to cheat. It's the time. As you say, why is Morelos not on? See if you're you're moaning about he's not up to match fitness. Now I'm I'm not defending Alfredo Morelos, but if you're three 0 down at half time, why are you not bringing on another striker who's ah. you're desperate to get match fitness in? Get him, get him on, get him, get him trapped in there. Try and I don't understand why this thing of or because he's not because they're not the game's gone, then we just leave it. I don't get I don't understand that. I think it's a I, I think it's dangerous because I think they're just add I think why is Ryan Jack on at three now? What what difference does it make? I'm not I'm not I, I don't think Ryan Jack's up to fitness. Huh? That leaves me on to the next point. Oh, Bah. Oh, sorry. That leads me on to the next point. Um, I think you're right. It's just because the game's drawn doesn't mean you don't make any changes. But I like Morelos. I would have liked to have seen him as opposed to Ryan Jack. But I think the point I'm trying to make: if Wednesday night turned into an eight nothing, that's probably the wrong environment for Charlie McCann. But Mason, I, w- I want to bring you in because uh, it leads me to a point I've been wanting to make about Van Cross. So again. We are where we are with recruitment, and I don't want to sound passive, but we can't change that. And the onus is on him to do something different. We're talking about about how he's maybe getting the wrong tactics or not being able to inspire the players. The biggest concern for me is last season, we gave, on this podcast, we gave him Broncos so much credit time and time again for being able to make changes, either tactically or through substitutions, which change games. But we're not seeing that. Like Schwartz just said, <laughs> we're all at a loss why Ryan Jack came on the, the other night and, and Alfredo Morelos, didn't he? What's changed with Van Bronkos that he, he's not doing this? I think we've regressed. I actually think we've gone backwards. I think we haven't re- replaced Aribo. We haven't played, replaced Bassi. Even Balogun, to be fair. Just the physicality. I think that... You've got to remember with, with Gio what he what he liked to do. Bassi was big in, in when in game when he changed it because he he's so dynamic. He could play you know left back and run all day, and and, and then he goes and slots in in a back three. And you know you watch him sort of the game against you know the Ajax game, and he absolutely strolls it. Like he he, he looks like he's, he's gone up another two levels since last season. I know he's playing against the. You know, Cholat, which um, for me, European football, I think I've said, is it is not he's not someone that I want us, you know, to lead the line for us in Europe, and, and that brings us on to Morelos. The, the reason that Morelos isn't on tonight that that hasn't been solved. Gio can say his attitude's been better and this and that. There's issues there with Morelos. Um, I think we're, 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 I'm getting a bit frustrated though with Gio in the fact that Cholak's played 90 minutes and he has run. Just he didn't touch the ball. He was just non-stop running. He's going to pick up an injury that Morelos got, he'd do exactly the same thing. He'll run him into the ground. And, and that is a that is so frustrating. Brian Kent, why did he play 90 minutes yesterday? He was horrendous. He was absolute, and he has been for months, and he's undroppable. So this is the thing that worries me. We'll go up to Patodri. We'll have Golton at centre-half, who's ducking for corners and making mistake after mistake. We'll have Kent left wing. until until And, and I'm afraid that they're key players when, when they're playing well for us. But they're, they're, they're really, to me, Kent and Morelos, are not going to be here next season. They're not going to sign new deals, otherwise they would have. So why are they in the team week in, week out? What you know that that for me, I'd rather see a youngster than Ryan Kent at the minute. I think his attitude is 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 the goal that Barisic scores. The fact that he's offside just kind of sums him up. It's yeah, I've just completely had enough of him as well, to be honest. See, but Ryan Kent, I think that's an interesting point because Ryan Kent can be hot and cold, and I think when Ryan Kent's on it, he's one of the best players. In the country, when Ryan Kent's not on it, you still see him coming for the ball. He still wants to make things happen. This season, he has been no one. He's been anonymous. Now, is that is that down to his contract situation? Has he been promised a move? I don't know, but that again shows the board. Why are the board letting? I'm, I know that the the situation changing in terms of players want to run down their contracts these days for more signing on fees. I get that, and that could be happening, but. If Ryan Kent, if you're going to let a prize that, Ryan Kent was signed for seven million. Ryan Kent was Rangers. Most of these keep speak about it when we were doing the show. I think he was. I think Mikel Arteta was the last player for round about. I think Ryan uh, Ryan Kent was the, the most expensive signing since Mikel Arteta. So that tells you how long ago it was. 
and there's pressure on him. But from a business point of view, you do not sign a player like Ryan Kent for seven million and run the risk of letting him go for nothing. That's bad recruitment. That is bad, not bad recruitment, bad financial planning. This board that want to tell everybody how good they are at getting money in and all they're interested in just making the club self-sustainable, that to me is bad business. And that's the, that's another problem. This this idea that there doesn't seem to be anybody in that boardroom going, right, okay, let's look at how bad this could be for the for the on-field stuff. You sign a player for seven million and let them go for nothing. That's seven million of talent you've just let walk out the door. How do you replace that without having to spend the same amount of money? Would you see that on the other side of the city? Now they've spent forty million pounds, Celtic. Celtics have had to spend a lot of money in the past year since Postacoglu came in to really front load that squad, to rebuild that squad, and they've overtaken Rangers. They were ahead of Rangers, they obviously regressed in the fifty five season and they've been allowed to go beyond Rangers again. That is bad. That's that's a bad look for Rangers at the moment. Just quickly on that though, the difference is last season they had Edward and Ayer in their last years and they ended up getting what, 24 million for both? 25 yeah. million for both? There's the difference. There's the do, you difference. Think that, do you think that will happen more? No, no, no. Well, I think that the, the, they've still they've still been able to get that kind of money for two players that had an absolutely howler of a season. I think Ken had not a bad season last year in Europe. <laughs> I think I think he, that's when he turned up domestically uh, poor and Morelos' injury. So maybe we was, but, you know, if they don't want to be here, they, they, we need to, this is this is where Ross Wilson and the recruitment, they, you know, the board have got to come in, they've got to get rid of them then. If they don't want to be here, you know, we're going to have Morelos sitting there now until January on, what, 40 grand a week, not kicking a ball, not, you know, just, just sulking in the background because that, that's that's what it looks like to me. You know, it, it not coming on yesterday says so much. It's not just that as well. You've, get, you've mentioned there about Ryan Kent, right? Ryan Kent's English. Now, we know, we watch English football, the value of an English attacking player is enormous. The, it's, the inflation's crazy. Mason, you'll know that. You, Anthony Gordon was getting bid for, what, £70 million or something? Yeah, You're telling me Anthony Gordon, not that I'm saying he's... Anthony Gordon, £60 million. Ryan Kent's been in a Europa League final. Do you know what I mean? Really, for, do you know what I mean? Like The inflation in the English market's crazy. you tell me Rangers can't kind of capitalise on that with Ryan Kent? They've done it with Barca. Why? What is that? Why... If you're not, if he's not going to sign, if you're trying to get him to sign a new contract and he's refusing, then that's fine. You need to move him on. If he's saying no, I'm going to stay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to re-sign a new contract. I'm letting my contract run down. Then you need to get rid of him because that player's not a hundred percent in it. That player's waiting, working his ticket, and that is that's the problem. That's the problem. And Morelos, I don't think it's I don't think it's the same with Morelos. I just think Morelos has been injured and not been. Not been working hard to get fit, but I think that's. I think Morelos can be quite. What's the word I'm looking for? Petulant. In his own mind. Yes, petulant. I think he's in his own mind. I think Morelos is very. I don't think Morelos has been tested in this where he's got a player, a striker in his position who's doing okay and scoring goals. I think that's. I think instead of working hard to get back to try and get Cholak out of the team again, he's just put the lip out and. Again, make selling mistakes against Hibs, and obviously the manager's seen the the problems. And but it's just it's so it's there's so many things you could you could be here all night talking about just and how many the problems there are. Right there, there's so many things. Yeah. See, when there's a big issue, or when things aren't going right, as fans, we look for the one thing that will fix it, and we'll fix it in that, and you'll fix it on the thing that you believe it is, where it's the board, or where it's the manager, where it's. Connor Golson centre half or Ryan Kent or the keeper. The thing is, it's all of these, and the thing is, no one easy fix. That's where we're at, and that's why it's so frustrating. I think that's why we uh, see so much Twitter arguments because you can't summarise all that in a 48 character tweet. It's one of the other issues we see this poor argument extremes. And but Colin, who, who's, who's, whose job is it to um, to get pull all these strings together? The manager. If, if, if all these things are, are, are not in line, then it's a, surely it's a manager that, that, that she's got to get everything going in their one direction. Oh. I mean, I, you, Cholak... Sorry, David, to bring a wee bit of balance, 
so we, we spoke about recruitment and that there, and that's not necessarily jail. And I think we, we need to, we absolutely need Van Bronckhorst to up his game and buck up his ideas. Is there an argument that Davies is coming back, Roof's back training, um, Morelos is now back available over the next two weeks? Are there more players who's got to come in and give give a squad a much needed injection? I hope. I'm a clinging there. Yeah, no, Colin, see if you you, you think um, Cholak touched the ball 25 times yesterday as far as I've, I've led to, to believe, you can't t- say to me that, that Morelos wouldn't have, have, have held the ball up better than, than, than Cholak would have yesterday. It would have gave you a, a, a point where you could put it to. Because, I mean, Bassey, he, he was laughing and, and joking and, and just passing, getting the ball, plenty of space, nobody went near him, and he just passed a wee simple ball to the to the, 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 the people going forward. And he'll never have an easy, will never have an easier game than that one that he had yesterday. And I can't, you, I can't believe that if Morelos was put on, that um, that he would have gave Bassey such an easy game. I can't believe that. Whether whether he's a hundred percent fit or not, but um, no, that that's just. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. So back to the point, like what, in the in the coming weeks, we are going to see these players come back. Lawrence was the other one I was missing, so Lawrence will be back. Uh, Davies, Yilmaz is now getting a bit more game time. We've seen Leon King. Is he's now an option. Came uh, Roof is back training. Morelos has been back for a couple of weeks. Is this a bit of hope that for these players who aren't getting it right, if the manager doesn't feel that they're getting it right, then we, we can swap them in? For, for me, it's just, uh, I mean, I'll go back to my, to my point. I don't want to keep repeating the same point, but for, for me, it's the whole uh, brand of football. That's 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 been 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 served up. Uh, I mean, you can say if we've not not get the players, then okay, fair enough. We've got to play that way. But we've got players that are really great at going forward. A couple of years ago, we had we, we were, some of the football we were playing was absolutely brilliant. It was just one touch right through the defenses and scoring. And now, I mean, Ryan Jack, he's, he looks like he's pulling a caravan. John Lundstrom also looks like he's pulling a caravan. If you if you look at the last three games, he's had to uh, have a professional foul to stop a player getting away from him. We're just so slow in the midfield, and why are we so slow? Because also that that we're keeping the, the players while this ball's getting passed backwards and forwards be, between the back four. The midfielders are standing trying to get a wee bit of room. No. We're letting, they're letting the other team get 10 players behind the ball with, with taking this time. So then we've got to start from scratch and try and get through the 10 players that are in defence. It's, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me that the football we're playing, sorry. So, Scott, Mason, I don't think David shares my optimism for the players coming back. They either of you or Mark is clean. I get, I get what you're saying. and I, The problem is, though, that you're saying there about Roof come back. Roof, Roof, and you've thrown his part as long as he's been here. How long before he gets injured again? And when you're at that stage about relying on players coming back, I think you're pissing into the wind. And I get, I get it, I get it because you've got, you've brought in players, you've brought in the likes of Yilmaz and Davies, as you say, who are yet to kind of get in. I thought Matondo, the, the one wee positive I would take out of the second half on Wednesday was Matondo come on and actually looked as if he was buzzing about a wee bit, he was desperate to. To try and go on the ball, I think it was just I, five minutes in. Though I think he's, I can, I think he can. I realise it. What my, what's the point? But again, you're just like you take wee positive sort of bad results like that. You're going right. Matondo looked okay. Lawrence, as you say, I'm quite impressed with Lawrence. I think he's. It he looks. I think the goal against Hibs was a perfect summary. I just what he can do. I think he, he likes to get in the box. He likes his first thought is get the ball forward, which is what. You look at somebody like Matt O'Reilly at Celtic, for example, his first thought is if, I, if the strikers, if the attacking midfield, if the forwards aren't in front of me, I'm going myself. I'm trying to get them. And that's what you need for a midfielder. You need a midfielder to go, right, the goal's there, the goal's that way. There's no point in back that way because what's the point in me being here? Get the ball forward and you see that with Riley. And I've seen that a wee bit with Lawrence. I think Lawrence was a mess 
kind of both games, it wouldn't have changed the, the result. But you, David brought up there, John Lundstrom. I, I think there's, I just, I, I, he's not been the same. And again, do you, do you point to this thing of, oh, it's going to take them a wee while to get back to, back to fitness after been off for so long? And last season would have been a mental season and would have been a tiring season. But he's not as well as I do. Every season's the same. You need to get back straight away. That's what pre-season's for. You need back. And I think there's, I think Ryan back. The difficulty with Ryan Jack is, is that he's, we know he's injury prone and you're, you're desperate to see him do well, but you also need to realise the fact is that you can't have players in that squad and relying players in that squad who are never going to be fit. So it's a difficult one, but yeah, it's I it's difficult. It's a difficult one because you want to see like Roof. I think Roof is a tremendous player when he's fit, but again, can you rely on him to play ten games in a row? You can't. And Mason, I'll bring you in as well because Scott does make a, a good point. Like you're pissing into the wind if you're relying on players not being injured. And this Rangers squad, over the last three, four years, we can't rely on that. But looking at, we need to get through to the winter, the, the break for the World Cup. That's when we can offload who we need to offload and who we can when potentially bring in others. I think we, we need to move away from the, the old reliable because right now we don't really have a core we can rely on. So I think we need to use the squad. And if that is a couple of games here and there for the likes of Akeem Arouf, if he's back, um, or Lawrence or Matondo or Ken Wright, I think, instead of the, and I'll include Connor Golston there, how likely it is Gio's got to drop Golston, I don't know. I would like to see proper competition and this whole, right now, the, the core we've had, they aren't doing their job. So I do want to see a lot more rotation. Yeah, I think, I think he has to. I think he's at the point where he has to do something different now because all successful managers will have their core of players that they go to. And Gio's, we've seen that, right? He's got that. It's Goldson, Lundstrom now, Tavernier, Kent. They're his go-to. They, they, they're in the team week in, week out. But he need, they're, not, they're not doing it for him. So he needs to change it, you know? And we, we, we're sort of talking on a group chat. I think uh, Graham made a, a really good point and, and said Sands... Um, you know, it, it maybe may try him in midfield as well. If Davis is fit, maybe put Sands in midfield. Do you know what I mean? But in terms of Kamar Roof, him and Halanda for me, I just don't even bother when when I'm when I'm even when they say our oh, Roof's two three weeks away. I, I don't even because it's going to be forty five minutes, ninety minutes, and then he's out again for for four months. So someone like that, I just want us to see just to get rid, get him off the wage bill. And Halanda's the same. You know, on his day, I thought Halanda was. You know, our best centre-half, me and you, Colin, have said that numerous times. Uh, I think he makes such a difference to us in, in the air, especially from set pieces. But he's never fit. So to, to, to keep saying, oh, we, you know, we're going to wait for him to get fit. Hadji's another one. Hadji coming back. But how, how is he going to recover from that injury? That's a worry for me. That's a player that we're going to, it's going to be this time next season before we're seeing Hadji fully, fully at fitness. But just quickly start on the fitness point, right? So we've gone from one of the fittest teams last season, at the end of last season, when we've, we, we went 90 minutes against Braga, 90 minutes in the cup against, against them, where we looked like we could have gone another 90 minutes, uh, 120 minutes, sorry. We looked so fit. To now, we look just lethargic, slow. Lundstrom's the one, the one, the biggest one for me because he, he was buzzing about towards the end of the season. And honestly, I think there was, it was a record last night. He got dribbled past more than anyone in the Champions League ever. It was just like two, he's three yards behind. Um, and then you, you put, you know, Kamara in that as well. Kamara was absolutely awful. And that's another one we've not touched on. I still think Kamara wanted to go this summer. I, I, I think his performance in PSV to get us in the Champions League was shot with the performance. Uh, and him watching Aribo and uh, Bassi go, I think for him, he was thinking, it's time that I get out of here as well. And it hasn't happened. So I think we've got another one there, another issue. because But his performances since the windows closed has been, his two performances that, you know, dreadful. So, um yeah, it's, you know, I want to I want to kind of say this one come in, this one can come in, but at the minute I'm really struggling to see it. Yeah, and that's been that is hard to it's hard to cling on to anything going forward that might change. But <coughs> well, being realistic, these players who want to go, um, Kent Kamara, for example, where we're assuming they want to go, Ryan Kent can find well run down his contact, but who is going to take him uh, on form? Um, that's you know, like we're talking. Top end of the championship now, at a push, low end, England, because teams don't sign you based on what you've done 18 months ago. And Glen Kamara will be the same. So it's, um, 
I laughed for thought and, you know, we just need to wait and see how the next car week to pan out. But I think as we've run through a lot of points here, Jen, so I think we'll start to wrap up. Um, uh, Scott, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having, having you on. Um, you know, for the listeners who don't know, Scott um, has his own platform. Um, no, why am I introducing you? You do this for a living, Scott. You <laughs> introduce yourself and where can the listeners find you? So you can find us on SM Media. It's a podcast platform, kind of YouTube as well. We do a lot of stuff on Twitter, Facebook. Obviously, Colin, we had you on for the, the Rangers Journey, the documentary series we're doing basically from 1988 when David Murray took over to 2021 when Gerard won 55. It feels as if you and I have, we're always talk about negative because the episode we touched on was Paul Le Guin. So anytime we talk, we just have bad we just have bad experiences now, but it's been an absolute pleasure to be on, lads. Thank you very much. And again, Colin, it's a podcast I follow a lot. I really admire what he's doing. It's nice to always talk to you. Uh, and I'm like, I need to say the, the episode has been out so, so far with the Rangers journey. Like a lot of, a lot of big names in the podcast. Well, yeah, Aaron Bradley's, yeah. Martin Ramsey's and that as well. So I was... I, I was saying to the guys off there, I was delighted when you asked me on of the uh, the Murray era, what was it going to be? And me and Mason talk about that 2003 treble team all the time. Maybe I'll get my quiche, probably when that was a sobering thought. And that was a sobering conversation. Um, so, just think, yeah. I think with the one thing um, doing the um, that documentary, you'll soon see that it might feel bad now, Scott, but it's been a lot worse. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you, you you're talking about. You're talking about looking at we're on. You're talking about football problems. I mean, we are we're recording episodes now where we're talking about really bad financial problems and really bad. I mean, you're you're playing games against uh, like some Beacon and Elgin and things like that. And you just think like Rangers played in the Champions League on Wednesday, and you kind of need to have that realize. Like, can you, you just kind of sit back a minute and think, right, wait a minute. Rangers, we've seen Rangers at their worst. We've seen Rangers right at the lowest point when. You know what I mean? Where we're getting vote, where we're seeing votes to go into the third division and all that, and just you saw the likes of who was taking over. And that's why I kind of do kind of sympathise with this board at the moment to a degree, as much as I think they're sometimes they're really they're really frustrating. They're better than they're better than Charles Green and Craig White anyway. That's definitely accurate. But again, it's one of those things. It's yeah. I mean, you're your fans. Do you know what I mean? Your fans. Yeah. You're frustrated. You want to see an on-field improvement. You want to see the club building on their success and building from the really low points. And you just, it just looks now as if it's really stale. And I thought I think when that starts, it doesn't work. And I think we, I think at times we think, yeah, that this Rangers team, they've came from the the bottom of Scottish football, but they've also been at the top, and that should be the catalyst to go and build on it. And this team aren't at the moment, and they're just, as you say, they're four points behind. And it was a point I wanted to bring up. If Celtic do go on a blip, can you trust Rangers to pick up on it? Can will Rangers drop more points if Celtic then go on a wee bit of a poor run? That's the problem. I mean, it could be seven points on Saturday if Rangers don't win, and that's a big issue. That's on. That's on. I think that's unmanageable because I think yeah. As you say, I don't see Celtic losing three games, and if I do, I certainly don't see Rangers winning the rest of theirs. It's a more positive ending when you when we say that oh, it, it could have been worse. It has been worse. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you. Oh, thanks very much. Pleasure to talk to you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, obviously, a bit of different um, circumstance in recording tonight, um, Davy. Um, we also the passing of the Queen, but always appreciate you coming on uh, to the continent. Um, Thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Hope I wasn't too rowdy. Um, no, nice meeting you, Scott. Uh, hope you're back again. Yeah, and, uh, anytime. I just one, one, one wee point. I wonder if the board's keeping money for a new manager. <laughs> I'll throw in that one at the end. Of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you thanks. For, last job, didn't you? Thanks for having me on. Bye. <laughs> And last but not least, my favourite Londoner, Mason Stewart. Thanks for coming on, mate. Now, thanks for having us again, Colin Scott. Nice to meet you, and Davy again. Is Davy? Um, yeah, just oh, it's just you know everything about the club at the minute is is not great. Just waiting for something to spark us in, into life again. I was hoping that was going to be Ajax, but we'll have to wait now. Hopefully, it's Napoli. So. 
Thank you all for listening. Um, just to echo the the thoughts for the whole podcast um, at the that I said at the beginning of the show, that our thoughts are with the royal family and the loved ones and deepest condolences of the passing of Queen Elizabeth. And you know, I think it puts it in perspective. You know, we've vented a bit tonight, but there are bigger things. And again, my football, as much as it's a good pastime, it's good to keep ourselves rounded. Um, Take care, everybody who's listened on, you know, um, with the, the days ahead. Um, we'll see how we how we got on. But as always, thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.